Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Hearth and Keenan Schneider. Episode 16, The Unexpected Ball Episode. Hey. Hey. So, uh, <laughs> you already know what I'm going to ask you, don't you? What? I thought you were laughing because you knew what I was going to ask you. No, I was laughing because we, before this, like we did a mic test. So we already had like a mini conversation that I thought was going pretty good. And I love that we hit record again to just have like the, re- like now there's a reset in the conversation. You're just kind of like, hey, fancy seeing you here. Oh, wow. Didn't expect this at all. But it, it <laughs> we've been here. I, I mean, if you would just <laughs> let me go um, and, and, and talk, I would be able to tell you that what I was going to say was, Hey, Keenan, how are your balls? Great. <laughs> it has to be like the most crass way of. Uh, how of, How's your scrot? Uh, there you go. Is that more crass for you? Do you like that? Is that better for you? I'm going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Please oh. do, actually. Mm. My dad listens to this podcast. Yeah. He doesn't need to hear his daughter saying scrotum. Well, scrotum's the technical term. It is. It's scrote is what sounds scrote? weird. Scrote? Okay. How are your vas deferens? I, the vas deferens, I think, are probably fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many nerve endings exist in the vas deferens. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners why I'm asking you about your, your, your ball sack? Why do you keep doing <laughs> Why do you have to? Like, so here's the thing. Like, there's already this sort of like weird, like, it's difficult to talk about this stuff because like i think nether regions in general mm-hmm. especially for for dudes like at least mo- like okay at least my type of dude like i don't think i'm t- particularly a like testosterone driven like bros bro like you're not a bro you're not a sportsy bro exactly like mm-hmm. I, it's not it's weird for me to just kind of like openly go like i'm gonna talk about my testicles like <laughs> <laughs> not but I, like i, I think yeah, I there's it. a typical like crassness where like broy bros will kind of just like they embrace the humor that is yeah. like societally accepted about balls yeah and you know things like teabagging or Ugh. dick measuring like this yeah. like there's like references to like their their business like i don't yeah but it's also like okay so it's it's a parallel between male reproductive anatomy and masculinity aka sexual prowess i think that's the thing like a lot of a lot of like sort of like toxic masculine uh like toxic masculinity kind of breeds the sort of like my manhood is tied to my manhood like my Mm -hmm. masculinity is tied to my my penis Mm -hmm. and my testicles or my my dick and balls Mm mm-hmm this is such a d- completely different tone than what we normally take with this show. And it's yeah. just a very interesting place for me to be. I don't typically talk about it. That being said, I think in certain circumstances, especially when we're talking about like health mm-hmm. and stuff, it should be talked about more and more comfortable. It shouldn't be quite as taboo. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the reason, Catherine, why you are asking me about my nuts <laughs> it is because i had a vasectomy two, uh, two days ago you did yeah 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 that's a long time coming yeah well i mean you're 33 so hopefully not that long but within well, like the like within that time span of your life 
you've known forever? How long have you known that you you wanted to avoid having children? I think for as long as I can remember, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever felt comfortable around kids. Like, I don't feel comfortable interacting with children. Even when I was a kid, like, I remember taking, I've probably told this, I think I've told this story before, but um, I remember even as a kid in, like, second grade, I took an extracurricular activity uh, at school mm-hmm. and one of like one of the ones I signed up for inexplicably uh, was babysitting oh how old were you the second grade oh second grade so yeah. seven years old yeah if that's how old that's you are, how in, old second you are grade. in second grade yeah typically yes. then so but who wants a seven-year-old to babysit that just feels well like it was just kind of like it was on kind behalf of, of the school yeah but I think it was like it was all chaperoned by adults and kind of like giving yeah i don't know it's i don't planting the seeds of babysitting i guess but it's just just it just feels weird to me that a seven-year-old would be straddled with that kind of responsibility and, I, th- anyway, I think it was second grade moving on either matter. way i just remember that extracurricular activity session like mm-hmm. those however many weeks it went on i remember the the final session of it was a mom bringing in a real baby and having all of the kids kind of like it kind of like pass the baby around to like give everybody like all of the it really just all the girls in the, the class because I was like I think I was the only boy or one of the like few boys mm-hmm. in the in that uh, activity. Um, everybody got a chance to like hold the baby and understand like proper like baby cradling techniques. And I just abstained from holding the baby because it made me feel uncomfortable. Hmm. I don't generally feel super comfortable holding babies. And then once they get older, when they're like walking around and talking, I don't know how to interact with them. Mm -hmm. That's my problem where I'm just kind of like, I want to talk with an adult and this child is not going to understand like the current situation with how stupid the tariffs are uh, that Trump is putting on Mexico and China. That's really what you want to talk about. I'm just saying, like that's the thing that comes to, <laughs> that that's the thing that comes yeah. to mind. See, I don't even want to talk about that with other adults no, most I of the know, time. Honestly, do you get what I'm saying though? Like, yes, they they okay. <laughs> I don't want to of, talk about Baby Shark. You, oh, you do. You bring it up. All the time. Are just, you kidding? Get, it is like a plague in my life. I, how, you, how much you bring up Baby Shark. I just like, <laughs> seriously, that is like the one example that you could not have used and, and been taken seriously with me. The thing is, is that the key word here is want. I don't want to talk oh, about Baby Shark. Oh, you do want to talk about Baby no. Shark. You, you bring up Baby Shark <laughs> with a glint in your eye because you know it will cause me pain. No, I yes. hate... I hate uh, Baby Shark. You sing it all the time and I you know, laugh. But there are so many things that pop into my head that I sing that I don't want to sing. You, I mean, There's I don't a- really know any adult who like really wants to sing Baby Shark. They just like that it brings the children that they care about joy. Right. And I don't have any children in my life except my nieces mm-hmm. who I, I don't see very frequently. Oh, yeah. And but so, you are friggin' enamored with, with jewels. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That being said... The amount of time I reference Baby Shark with them compared to how much I reference Baby Shark with not them. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like 99% of the time I'm talking about like Baby yeah, but Shark I think comes that up. That's literally just due to exposure. 
That's just you're not exposed to the kids. If you were around them more, you'd probably bring up Baby Shark to them more often. Regardless, regardless. All I'm saying is that every time that I bring it up, just you and me, uh-huh. where we're like riding the train or just around the apartment or whatever, uh-huh. I don't want to do that, but I am compelled. My brain is just kind of like, oh, guess what's stuck in your head again? You're going to be singing this It's just this so now. interesting. You have such an interesting way of exhibiting that you don't want to do it because you do it with a smile on your face and you dance while you do it. It's like you're enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, like there... <laughs> all, of the, all of the social cues that you give me <laughs> when you do this suggest that you... <laughs> that you are enjoying this. There's there I mean there's a part knowing that like it's kind of like playing the game mm-hmm. where it's like you realize you lost the game mm-hmm. and so you announce to other people and there's that sort of like that sort of sick satisfaction of going like haha I'm about to ruin people's day. <laughs> Sorry people who just lost the game as they were listening to this podcast. Exactly. Um again cuz I think we've brought it up before. Have we? I think I'm we pretty have. sure that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, but like I don't know. I guess, yeah, maybe there's some nuance there between, like, wanting and being compelled to. But it seems like, like, once you realize that it's happening, that you're enjoying that it's happening to other people. Uh, yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Like, yeah, I don't know. So, anyway. Like, I, I, in in all honesty, mm-hmm. like, Baby Shark is not something that I enjoy listening to. It's not something that I enjoy getting stuck in my head. But if I'm going to suffer, I do derive a little bit of joy from bringing other people down. It really feels like it's a lot of joy. It feels like it's a lot of joy. It's all well. I think the the main thing is that it's largely harmless. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. If it's it was not really like, truly harmful, then I would we would not be here. Yeah, it would be really distressing if I was actually. If I found joy in causing Mali- if you were harm. really malicious, it's yeah. just really fucking annoying. Um, Man, but- it's, it, it really feels like an episode of my other show, Tangentious, right now because yeah. we go went from vasectomy to baby shark. <laughs> yeah, very quickly, very quickly. All you. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So how how are how are the nethers feeling? Largely fine. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, for those who are interested in exploring this procedure, would you? What I'm, what rating would you give it? So, <laughs> like A plus plus. Would snip again? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> no. I think like one, like you said, like or like I was well, like you alluded to, uh, and like I was saying, like I've known for as long as I can remember that I just did not want kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've thought about this for years and years of saying like you know maybe this is maybe this is the the right step. And mm-hmm. the more that I thought about it, the more that we talked about it. Um, and realizing that, like, this is probably, like, the safest, cheapest, most reliable long-term option mm-hmm. for birth control. Yeah. Um, if we're both in agreement that children are not in our future. Mm-hmm. And so it just, like, all of a sudden it was just kind of like, okay, like, what's really stopping us? Or, like, what's really stopping me from doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I researched my options and, you know, found a clinic that specializes in this in Chicago and went through with this. And I think the procedure overall, the 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 worst part of the procedure mm-hmm. was the week or two leading up to the actual procedure yeah. where my anxiety is getting the best of me and going like, wh- one, what horrible thing is going to go wrong? Mm-hmm. But also, how much is this going to hurt? Because I think, like, 
that area of the male anatomy mm-hmm. is just from the from the get go, from the very beginning, you know that these are a sensitive, uh, you know, little. It's a sensitive little sack of you know nuts that <laughs> like the, the second nerves that, are insane. Yeah, it, and you get the pain receptors, and even the slightest bump can cause some pretty excruciating temporary pain. And so there's just kind of this like unspoken like you don't get hit there. You you have to protect this at all costs. Like this is always something that you're kind of just acutely aware of. Yeah, of like this is really sensitive and it like you don't want anything near it you don't want people to mess with them like it's just that's just kind of the reality and so the thought of like having somebody potentially like literally stick stuff <laughs> into so, like them. poke and prod yeah. yeah and cut and like it just feels wrong um and so there was a lot of anxiety there uh but like Honestly, the procedure itself, like I went to this clinic that does the no scalpel, no needle one. So mm-hmm. they essentially just spray on anesthetic, mm-hmm. which starts working basically immediately. They spray it on and stuff just starts to go numb. Yeah. And I laid there and like it took 15 minutes all told, like 15, 20 minutes from like the time that I lay down on the table to where I was able to kind of like put my pants back on <laughs> like yeah um and it was easy it was super easy and right. the recovery period has been like there's a little bit of tenderness but it's kind of like for dudes out there listening to this like if you're curious about what that feels like if you've ever been hit in the nuts before that like not the initial but like where it starts to taper off and you're just kind of like okay it's still slightly uncomfortable but it's largely disappearing a little like, achy maybe that's the most hmm. that i felt which was completely mitigated by tylenol um if i needed it and so for the most part like really the worst part was worrying about what it was going to be and yeah. during was a cakewalk yeah and it was su- surprisingly easy like i wouldn't i wouldn't feel weird about going in and doing this again if I had to, but luckily, hopefully, I don't, unless yeah. they Botched spontaneously it. heal themselves. Ah. They being the vas deferens. Got it, got it. So, either way, the nuts are largely fine. Good. <laughs> and I'm glad that you've done it. Yeah, I'm glad that it's over. That's great. Because um, it, I don't know, means a, a much less risky life for us. <laughs> Hell yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm super into it. And I appreciate you like as a as my partner in like this kind of heteronormative relationship that though this is atypical, the majority of the birth control responsibility is no longer on my shoulders. Yeah. Because like the the procedure for me to do like the equivalent with female anatomy is incredibly invasive, insanely expensive. Yep. There are so many And I don't and like I would be so interested to kind of hear how this went for you. But like I know I know people who have gone and been like, I don't want children or there's or I'm um, I'm uh, I have BRCA and like I want to avoid cancer and I want to tie my tubes and I want to like or have a hysterectomy or whatever. And doctors are like, "Mm, I won't do it because you you might regret this. Right. There's Um, so much weird. And super sexist lecturing mm-hmm. on 
on the female side of things Absolutely. where you like if you went in to go to like my partner I've talked about this I've known my entire life like I am adamantly opposed to having children I know I won't have them I don't mm-hmm. want them and if whatever. I do honestly I will adopt. That's fine. Totally. There are options. But there I'm just saying options. like but I'm saying like you go in there to a doctor and I don't think there is a doctor out there who'll just be like, Yeah, no big deal. Like without like, hmm, are, yeah. have you really considered this? Are you sure? Exactly. Like here, you know, this, here's some sort of, you know, counseling options, here you know, mm-hmm. some alternatives or like, to think I about. Need like, you to, I need you to file paperwork and come back in six months and tell me that you're still sure about this. Exactly. Like a divorce. Like, there's exactly <laughs> that there's some sort of liability issue here. Right. And it's funny that you bring that up because I thought about the that the entire time. The from my first contact with this clinic mm-hmm. to like having the procedure done right. a couple days ago. Did they ever ask you how old you were? But they like, asked me how old I was. Yeah. Like they, I mean, they asked me for my birth date. Well, uh, right, but like, yeah, but it's not like the doctor sat there and was like, "How old are you?" No, like I never got questioned mm-hmm. once. Does you know? Are you being asked to do this by your partner? Does your partner consent to this? Do you like? Are you sure you don't want kids? They did ask me how many kids I had, and I mm-hmm. said none. And everybody, like, all, every receptionist, every uh, the doctor that I spoke to, like everybody who is affiliated with this clinic, was mm-hmm. essentially just kind of like. Okay. dokie. Yeah, like let's sign you up. I like, mean, like, and it's like, I, it's so interesting. And I know that this isn't the normal tone of our show, but like, I, I do go back and think about that babysitting class that you had where you mentioned that you were the only person who looked or that you could see was male identifying. Yeah. And like, it's this societal thing that like, you think seven year olds, like any seven year old is like, really truly tied to the nuance of parenthood oh yeah no but of course it's littered with you know the female sex and not the male because like it's this assumption and and presumption and this expectation that gets thrust onto kids who are that young yeah is insane to me i don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole but i do think it's interesting that there is this sort of like very different way of mm-hmm. speaking about parents who abandon their children. Mm-hmm. Like you have, say, a guy gets a woman pregnant and then leaves. Mm-hmm. They're a deadbeat dad, you know, and and that's, you know, a deadbeat probably isn't like the harshest thing that you can say about some guy who just kind of like sure. leaves. But I feel like it, when the situation is flipped and you hear people talk about mothers who end up leaving. They're like inhuman. And like, exactly. Like yeah. we talk about them like they're fucking monsters. Like the 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 ire that gets directed mm-hmm. at women for doing the same thing as a yeah. man. Like it's just expected that women want to take the brunt of the responsibility for parenting. Mm-hmm. And that or when that they that, should want to. Right. Yeah. And that when it's not, like they're the one that gets like when a woman says she wants to uh uh not have any children, mm-hmm. like, oh, and you'll change your mind. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, the number of times that I've been told that I'll change my yeah. mind. and like, and Or it's different when, it's, when it, they're your own. Right, which is like if it has to get to that point, right. rough. Um, and, not, and, like, and I just want to say that that's just, that's just not the plan. Yeah. And, like, of course, I know plenty of people who have unexpectedly been faced with becoming parents and they go, okay, let's do this. Right. And like, and that's not, and I don't want to sneeze on that. Like, I don't want to say that right. that's wrong or that's bad or anything. Yeah. I don't like, I don't want children, 
I don't mm-hmm. have any desire. Like, I don't feel comfortable interacting with sort of. I don't particularly like being around kids for mm-hmm. the most part. Right. But I'm not going to, like, if somebody wants to be a parent, if somebody wants to have kids, like, I totally No matter how planned that was yeah, or not. Like, like, but, yeah, you go through with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to tell somebody that they're wrong for wanting to have kids. Right. Like, by all means, do what makes you happy and what makes you feel, like, more complete. Mm-hmm. Kids just aren't in the picture for me for that. Sure. I just so like to kind of like tie it back, like I just because of the way that our government and society is mm-hmm. currently built, um, I do appreciate that you used your privilege there to have this procedure done that isn't incredibly invasive, was free. Yeah. Um I mean copay. That's right, it. Right, twenty dollars. Yep. Um, and that like was largely pain-free i just appreciate you doing that especially because of like the whether it's like you know i think it's it's supported and it's even made louder by bro culture and all that good stuff but like that from such a young age that view of how precious and important and sensitive your balls are yeah (laughs) to your identity yeah as a man well it's so funny like i was thinking about that like i uh, there are like so many of the faqs and Mm -hmm. as i was doing research like there's so much uh literature out there saying like this doesn't affect your your sexual function this doesn't affect like Mm -hmm. uh how you feel as a man this doesn't like it doesn't affect your testosterone levels none of that ever crosses my mind like i don't sit Mm. there and and ponder how my sexual organs make me more or less of a man like my, my the masculinity that i feel doesn't feel tied to that but it's amazing like just how much people have to like sort of like set that expectation up front yeah. that it like it feels alien to me because i never i don't i don't attach that to um to my masculinity really the thing that that worried me was just knowing that like these hurt when you get hit hard <laughs> like, mm-hmm, it, sure, and that sure. sucks and i don't want to voluntarily oh get, i mean have that i don't pain, like it's and like, that's it it's like it's like how i am not looking forward to having a mammogram i'm not looking forward to it yeah because like i don't want to have my my breasts smashed yeah. like that just sounds terrible yeah um but like <laughs> But like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like, so I get, I get the like, no, my body and it's sensitive. Please don't hurt me. Like, I I totally understand that. But it's just like, I do think that your perception of your identity as it relates to your gender is unfortunately the exception. And I think that the literature that you saw is a symptom of of a larger issue. Oh, totally. And I'm glad that the literature is out there. And I'm glad that the literature is just saying, don't be ridiculous. It's saying like, okay, yes, these are concerns that we have as a society right now. Like, and I'm going to assure you that it's all okay. um, Or this is what you can expect. So, yeah, I just like, yeah, I think I just want to say that as as your partner, I appreciate that you, despite the apprehension, despite the way that maybe you've been even even though maybe you are atypical in in your masculinity like in a positive way um <laughs> that uh to me at least i think it's positive that like you still like this still is a sensitive organ yeah you still have a lot of like societal preconceptions and notions about like what what might happen or how it might affect you yeah um that you that like because you are a white dude <laughs> you know a middle class white dude in america that like you 
you were able to use that position to help us as a partnership. And that means that, like, as a result, I can stop being reliant upon a hormone right. to to protect us from conceiving. Well, yeah, I think that was something that we we talked about pretty extensively was just the fact that you've been on hormonal birth control for 14, 15 years? 14 years, yeah. Yeah, like the fact that you've been altering your body that way. Since like, I was a teenager. Right, that you school. don't know what l- being off of that really is like. Yeah. Uh, especially in your adult years. Like mm-hmm. it, there's something about it where just like, it feels unsustainable. Like yeah. how can uh, I, and I don't like, I don't know what the long-term sort of like effects of that are. Like I haven't mm-hmm. done a lot of, re- but I know you're curious. I like, am curious. Yeah. About like what it's, it, what it would be like to like not have to rely on that one, just like the routine of like having to take a pill every single day, mm-hmm. but also the fact that you are just kind of like using hormones to change the function of the fu- my body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so with this, where it's just kind of like, it's a one and done, like, don't have to worry about it. It's like, just like it's cutting off a channel of sperm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, like otherwise. you're still going to produce the sperm. You're still going to have testosterone. Yeah. You're not being inundated with or suddenly lacking any kind of hormonal regulation. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it just feels like the thing that like, if I, if you don't need to continue to alter your your body mm-hmm. for countless more years, yeah, uh, it just seems like the the no brainer here. Thanks, honey. I so, appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, I love that you were willing to explore that as an option, and that like really it just took kind of me being like, I don't want to do this anymore, and you're like, okay, let's explore our options. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really nice. And well, very supportive. It's. I think it's probably it has. It helped that I had been thinking about this for so long. Mm-hmm. So it, it oh, really, yeah. it wasn't it's, something where I'm just kind of like turn on a dime and like, it was more that like, oh, like. There was just a little okay. bit more impetus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just yeah. appreciate you doing it. So thank you for that. So we spent 30 minutes talking about. Your balls. And uh, some other subjects related, <laughs> but. Yes, yes. That almost feels like a. <laughs> A mini episode? This feels like a mini episode. How much do you love having a vasectomy? I mean, the jury is out. Yeah. The initial, like the first impression, it's fine. Good. <laughs> and if, if things just continue to like just be normal and pain-free, like, uh, cool. Well, I'm sure that our audience is going to be very concerned with you and your balls. And so we will come back and we will talk about it in a few months' time to see how you're doing. At me about my balls. Yeah, seriously. Oh, God. I just, I even hate using the words balls and nuts and whatnot. It just feels so, like I mentioned in the beginning, like it feels crass and so dismissive and so like sure. kind of gross. That like okay. it's just a hard I mean, thing so to talk at, about. At Keenan about his testicles. Cool. I mean, like, yeah. I also think that we can probably do something to like remove the stigma about like, yes. You have maybe this is a weird thing for me. I don't know. It's just no. I think they think that there are plenty of, I would say, especially introverted liberals. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, truly, who are like, oh no, I don't need to talk about. I don't need to talk about my private parts. Yeah. Well, I mean the the reason the the reason why I started thinking about this more in the first place is that like my my buddy Nate who I do a, another podcast with. Tangentious. I think we talked about that right. earlier. Nate Klein and I were talking about Nate's upcoming vasectomy when he was going to have one 
And that was literally the really the first time since like my dad got one back in like 1990. Yeah. That I was even like consciously thinking about another dude having that done or talking Mm. about it actively. Like as a kid, it was more like my mom was kind of like comparing how like my dad had one and like was walking around the Lincoln Park Zoo the next day Mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of like fine. And that our neighbor, uh, the the dad of this kid that I uh, was friends with when we were growing up, who apparently was kind of a a douchebag, was really milking it for like a week and was like, on the couch and couldn't move and like really just kind of mm. like trying to to milk it for all it was worth. Um, and that was really the only other time in my life that it's really been talked about. I see. But like this conversation doesn't come up. And like mm-hmm. I remember before I even had it had it done when I was still just doing sort of the research phase, um, I even tweeted out, I'm like, okay, I'm curious for Help. any dudes, yeah, that who have had a vasectomy, yeah. like what was your experience like? Um, and feel free to DM me if this feels weird to, to talk publicly about. And like, I had a couple people respond. Yeah. Um, one who responded mostly in euphemisms, and then one who DM'd me and kind of told of this admittedly horrific experience um, that seemed abnormal. And so it was like, it was completely unrelated, but like, either way. Um, but otherwise, it was like, Nate. Right, And so it just, it felt weird to me that like in so many health situations, like talking about health, whether we are sick or going through surgery or anything like mental health, we talk, we talk about these things all the time, but something that mm -hmm. still feels like it's a little off limits is talking about like sexual health. Definitely. And the idea of talking about the fact that like I have testicles when it's just sort of like a matter of fact, not a sort of like, aha, like my nuts make me a man like sort of thing when it's not a toxic thing it feels weird um and so i wanted to like make this conversation feel a little bit more accessible Mm -hmm. um because it's like it's a reality right i mean like even like kind of building on that you told me after your consultation with this doctor that he was like i make my living doing this procedure yeah he said he does like 1200 a year that's a hundred a month. Yeah. In the Chicago area. Yeah. Like the Chicagoland areas. Because yeah. he has a clinic basically downtown and then one out in the burbs. Yeah. So, I mean, like that alone, even though 1200 is not like a huge percentage, that's one doctor. Yeah. <laughs> doing 1200 of these. Yeah. It just feels like it's happening a hell of a lot more than people are letting on. Right. Exactly. And it's such and a, it's for a variety of reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. But it, it's such a it seems like such a common procedure. I mean, a common enough thing where they have a, a clinic dedicated to it. Right. And if anybody's curious, like if you're in the Chicagoland area, you're considering this. Um, I went to the vasectomy clinics of Chicago. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the first places that came up when I was Googling and that kind of like put me off of it initially. But then mm-hmm. I was reading like testimonials and Yelp reviews and kind of like just it seemed like people were consistently having a decent experience and I would add a plus one to that basically. Like recommend. I would recommend that as an option. Yeah. And they have a bunch of clinics around the the area. So if you're not in the city proper, there's likely something around you. But if you're outside of Chicago, I know that there are clinics that are devoted to this. And then of course, like, you know, 
a urologist could also easily do this. Planned Parenthood does this. Like it's uh it's it's not nearly as bad as your mind would it make you think. Like the worst part is thinking about it and not right. knowing the the fear of the unknown. Right. Definitely. So So yeah. It's a very interesting a very I wasn't expecting to talk about this quite so much. It feels important. Like once we got into yeah, it definitely. where it's just kind of like I didn't want to just be dismissive and be like, Yep, got snipped, all good. Like it no, almost I, feels I like there's appreciate. an opportunity to educate and make this feel a little bit more like less of a taboo definitely and i really and i appreciate that like i think it's so interesting um i feel like there's so much that happens to women on a regular basis like with our bodily functions in general yeah. where like i remember being a kid and like talking about getting your period was like <gasps> yeah. like you know and if like someone saw that you had a tampon like oh no your life yeah. was over seriously though yeah. sir i mean like for real and and like it's just so interesting to kind of like hear a different side of that in mm-hmm. terms of like anatomy specifically like male anatomy and talking about like how because it feels like male anatomy is so glorified yeah you know um that it's something that we do talk about with such like reverence (laughs) yeah or or like but but only if it's only if it's adequate oh totally yeah um only if it fits into a particular box exactly sorry that's Uh, a really good pun thank you (laughs) if we're following (laughs) heteronormativity um so yeah, I don't know. I uh I do think that it's like it is like this really interesting flip side of like that taboo topic. And I think men with health in general, it's kind of there's like a lot of taboo topics there. Well, I think I like the health sort of st- humans is a taboo topic. The stereotypical male sort of thing like when it comes to health is just don't talk about it mm-hmm. like you the don't go to the is... doctor if you're in pain you just kind of like suck it up like no mm-hmm. big deal um you know if you just like yeah like you just don't address it mm-hmm. um and and so when you couple that with like what's going on between your legs like you double don't address it <laughs> yeah for sure so. for sure everything better be like 100% functional and yeah. excellent and you know, you better know how to use it totally. immediately and, you know, all that good stuff. So yeah. I don't know. So I, I appreciate you being willing to kind of talk about this um, mm-hmm. in such a, like, calm and measured way. I try. You know, while also, like, not taking it too, too seriously because, like, balls are funny. So uh, I think we've got an episode here. <laughs> it feels like a, a, the, the unexpected ball episode. The unexpected ball episode. I think that's our title. <laughs> So cool. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for talking about this with me. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you raise my nuts. <laughs> I don't know. I just heard you say you, thanks for bringing up my nuts. And then I was I just started feeling like you raised me up. You raise my nuts. You raise my nuts so I won't get me preggers. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> Welcome 
Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song, Same As You Wanted, is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love. This episode brought to you by Bubbly. Bubbly sparkling water.